Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough. It's me again doing the intros. How are you doing, Brendan? <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I get one episode. <laughs> no, I lose my no, privileges. No, you don't lose them. That was a really fun way to start the E3 episode, and I really want to see what the other hosts can do with uh, intro privileges uh, <laughs> coming up on future episodes. But how are you doing? Clearly, I can't be trusted with them. Yeah, <laughs> you've, you've done some risky ones in the past. <laughs> Granted, it was mostly Mark, and we just feel each other, and it's a dangerous combo. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, uh, I'm doing all right. It's been a hectic week for me, but getting by, and hopefully it gets less hectic by getting more hectic. I don't know. There's going to be like a burnout soon. We'll see. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Yeah, it's pretty hectic here as well. You got marriage and shit. You got like big life events yeah it's pretty crazy my fiance just had a whole wedding shower so a lot all family came and gave us a shit ton of gifts like i have a big pile of gifts in my kitchen right now i've got to put all this stuff away one of which is an island for our kitchen so we had limited uh cabinet space to begin with so and now that everyone's giving us all this like kitchenware we have like this kitchen aid thing we have like knives and dishes so we need somewhere to go with all this stuff and now we have this island but that was a pain in the ass to put together but it's all in the past and this is a home improvement podcast um (laughs) we always start off this way but no it is good to do little life updates before we dive into the video games for anyone who is new this is really a video game podcast in disguise (laughs) we say that we say that but like is it it's what we talk about but i mean (laughs) it's just an excuse to do this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, the tra- it's the train tracks we derail from frequently and then come back to at the very end. Pretty much. But yeah, so other than that, though, uh, just, yeah, home improvement stuff. It's weird. Owning a house, it's just like, God, there's so much shit to do. There's always something to do. There's always something. Pretty much. So that list is never ending. But I do have some time to relax this weekend. And uh, since everyone was here for the shower, that we're going to have some family over tomorrow. So I did, I busted my ass. I was up since five this morning, just cleaning the house like a full, just like spring cleaning all over again, just to really, I don't know, detoxify it. <laughs> <laughs> Get that funk out. Get rid of all the cat hair, especially because, God, I when, before I had a cat, I didn't realize how great life was as far as not having to deal with cat hairs but no i do love my cat he's a he's a great character or that's like a, a dog with like light hair like a dalmatian so it's just like oh man you can't wear black in that house like yeah. it's going to get covered and that's another thing i guess i took for granted growing up in a household of poodles they didn't really shed yeah i uh, not a fan of poodles like by and large but it's weird that they're like the like I don't know. I guess the gene has been mapped out for poodles and pe- like they're the genetic dog that all the scientists can like fuck with and become like custom order dogs because they're all hyper hyperallergenic and like, yeah, they don't shed. And I don't know. Soon they're going to be like waterproof. You just throw it in the lake and it'll just bounce across the river. And like, I don't know. Poodles weird to me. Yeah, but I love that they're so intelligent. I just, I really connect with them. And I've had two so far at least, or no, three at this point. Um, huh. I think I think that more says or says more about the dogs I had growing up because like I don't like smart dogs. I want my dogs dumb as a brick. <laughs> I want them to Fair run enough. into a wall and know they're going to be safe. There's nothing damaged in there. 
Uh, one last gift I do want to bring up, though, and it's one I'm really stoked about. It shows how much of a boring adult I am now. Uh, we got <laughs> this, like, my pillow full bed kit. It's like the sheets. It's the oh, comforter geez. thing that, like, or not comforter, but, like, the kind of thing you put underneath everything, and it's supposed to make your bed oh, more comfortable. Mattress um, pad. Yes, and also pillows, so I'm really hyped to tr- uh, sleep on that tonight. <laughs> I'm so pumped to sleep. I don't know. It's just I don't know. We had pretty ratty pillows to begin with, so it was like overdue for a long time. So to get, just get this, and it's the my pillow guy. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I trust mean, him. Yeah, I sort of. I was gonna say that, but I'm like, do I? Nah. <laughs> it's the mustache. He definitely. The- <laughs> yeah, a mustache sells you on it every time. Yep, I'm like, he's one of us. All right. Um, <laughs> what? No, I don't know. I have a mustache, and I've had one my whole, li- <laughs> I, my I whole life, ever since I came out of the womb. Um, oh, God. But, no, uh, this is a video game podcast. We can kind of dive into video games. Uh, we did just have, like, a big E3 episode, so we're fresh out of things to talk about. There's um, no news. <laughs> like, it was all at E3, so there's really not much. Which I feel like is fair enough. Um, for anyone who missed that episode, go check it out. Let us know what you think. But we can talk about, like, get back to what we normally do and talk about the games we've been playing lately and see if there are any just, like, random show topics. I do have a quick What's That Sound we can play, too, so that'll be fun to revive that game we haven't played in, like, a month or something. Um, but who's going to go first? Are we going to flip a coin? Uh, I can go first. I actually got something this time. Okay. Feel free. Um, so I was playing... Cadence of Hyrule. Beat oh, it. yeah. So. Nice. I remember on a previous episode, you said you thought you were close. Were you? Yeah. there. It's like a tradi- traditional Zelda. You get the, you know, four temples. You get the four pieces of whatever, you know, magical plot devices in that game. And then you go on to the main castle. And that's ended. Up, that's what ended up happening. Sometimes it'll, like, psych you out. You got to do it over again. So you, like, collect all the pieces. So it's like, gotcha. Do four more temples. And then you do it. Uh, but yeah, it's just the four temples, and then you go to the main boss, and in total, I probably spent a good hour and a half or so just running around the map. You get the size of the full map at the very beginning, but all the spots you haven't been to are grayed out, and there's not a ton of detail. And then as you play, you find little trinkets that show the landmarks of like, here's a chest you didn't find, here's a boss you didn't kill, and stuff. So nice. I w- went around trying to collect all the different items, because... Some items you just, like, a boomerang, you just find it in a random hidden cave on the map. And you can easily miss it and never get the boomerang. Oh, Christ. But, like, it's not important. So, I was telling a friend of mine who's also playing it, you get different weapons, kind of like Crypt of the Necrodancer. So, you can have, like, a longsword that uh, pierces two squares in front of you. Or a rapier that does a thrust and does more damage if it's two squares ahead of you. You can do a flail that does like an L shape, like a knight in chess. Uh, you can get a, a dagger, which does one square in front of you and stuff. So there's different weapons. And once you find the one that works best with you or your play style, you kind of just stick with it. Because why would you change it up? Right. So a flail was the best for me because you can hit two squares to your left and right without being directly in front of the enemy. So you're able to just mash that while the enemy traditionally has to be right in front of you to hit you. So you can kind of keep your distance with that. And it's nice. I thought it was the best. But so half the time, I didn't even use really any of the items. You got like a hook shot. You can upgrade for the hook shot. You got a fire rod, an ice rod, bow and arrows, bombs, bomb shoes, a whole bunch of different stuff. And like you use them to solve puzzles, but you really don't use them in combat. And 
like with the other secret caves, you don't need to get everything or you don't need to solve every puzzle. You can just go right to the boss. You probably speed run it like, I mean, it maybe took two hours if you were really good at it and you knew what to do. Damn. So, like, you don't need to find all this stuff. It's just fun. Like, right. seeing what all there was. So, I think I ended up beating the game. I beat it in seven hours, like, flat. Like, seven hours and 30 seconds. And, like I said, I spent probably an hour and a half of that. Maybe two hours running around trying to collect everything. And I still ended up missing two items at the end of the game. But I had, like, full hearts and full magic. And <laughs> money just serves no purpose. Because you just continuously get money and merchants are actually pretty rare to find or rare okay and nothing costs that much so <laughs> with because with crypto the necrodancer you die you start a new run and you lose everything with this you die you lose your rubies and you start back at like the last checkpoint and that's kind of like you still have all your gear and it's super easy to you know find equipment just from random chests or killing enemies and stuff so you never like you're you're never scouring uh, scouring for gear like oh man I gotta find a torch I gotta find a shovel I gotta find the like the game gives you the stuff when you need it so you never like really need to buy anything so like money really serves no purpose in it because there aren't that many merchants to begin with and then you always have good gear gotcha but it is easily one of the best like Zelda like spinoffs like non official Zelda titles it's incredibly fun it's incredibly well designed the music's amazing like i cannot recommend it enough especially for 25 dollars. it's a super good like switch mobile game because you can play it again there's a secret character which i just found out so maybe i'll go through and play that again uh i talked about how you can play as link and zelda in the very beginning and then cadence or candace candace whatever main character from crypto the necronancer you do a unlock her towards the end of the game but i think there's another secret character besides her Oh, so neat. I'm going to try and replay that and see. Uh, there's also just different runs you can do, like different daily challenges they do. They kind of brought that over from Necrodancer, like just custom made temples that, you know, change every day or something to see how fast you can do it and stuff. So there is replayability to it. And it's kind of refreshing having a short game, especially with Breath of the Wild on my Switch and Yakuza 0 and... Uh, Banner Saga 1 or 2 and 3 like sitting on my computer and like just eyeing me down of like come on it'll be 60 hours to beat us just beat us it's like ah so it's refreshing to have a quick game I can just knock out in like two days and it's just really satisfying totally but yeah it's still super good uh, my biggest complaint was like I had earlier was the boss fights were way too easy like the temple bosses I will say the final boss fight without spoiling it isn't that much tougher because by the time I got there, I had uh, like 20 hearts or something. So you have, I had all the hearts and could just power through it. But it was a very interesting fight. They had interesting mechanics that was utilized well. So that one is at least more satisfying than the temple fights. Gotcha. Very cool, man. Yeah. Glad to hear you're having fun with it. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's pretty much the last thing I did. I, I was in Monster Hunter for a good bit and I think I'm out of it again. Until the DLC comes out, which for PCs will be uh, two years from now. Yeah, yeah, they're a little behind with that. Yeah, but apparently it's like the best-selling Capcom game on PC, like, ever. So, there's clearly a market. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Um, And I wonder how many of those people are playing Dauntless, too. Um, uh, I, I actually saw an interview, uh, you know, I know we don't have to make sure topics, but I saw an interview with the Monster Hunter World 
uh, creators and are saying, like, how do you guys feel about Dauntless and kind of, like, quote, copycat games, you know, being out there off of your style. And they're like, we encourage it. Like, it's cool to see that people love it enough that they'll take elements from us. And it's, they said, they're like, we don't see it as a copycat. They see it as, like, there's definitely similarities, a lot of similarities, but it's not a one-for-one clone. So he's like, we, yeah. we're fine with it. Like, we made our money. We're not, you know, struggling. And it's cool seeing these guys doing something different. Yeah, that's like PUBG being mad at Fortnite. Like, you really can't. It's like you didn't invent Battle Royale games. But, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and Fortnite was, like, kind of struggling at that point. They did the Battle Royale as a last-ditch effort to, like, try and get anybody. Because the Save the World was the single-player, like, horde mode. is the one you had to pay for. And they were kind of going under. And it started getting traction with Battle Royale, but it wasn't until Fortnite or Cloud Blue, I think is the developers behind it, or studio, tried to sue them over like similarities. That's when everyone started hearing about Fortnite and jumped ship. So PUBG really shot themselves in the foot by drawing more attention to it than needed. Yeah, totally. So pff. Fair enough. Um, yeah. As far as are there other games you had? Uh, I'm jumping back into Smash, trying to get ready for banjo kazooie but you know we talked about before that probably won't be till like november or something yeah that's true but yeah that's about it for me well that's the thing i got back into diablo 3 a little bit and there's some pretty cool news there i got a text out of the blue one of these nights from Corey from one track gamers and he said Amanda just picked up Diablo 3 for Switch and I'm like, "Yes." And she and he's and he said that she'd be interested in playing with me if we can sync up and play it whenever like we happen to be online at the same time. So I'm like, "I am 100% in on that. I'm so grateful. Thank you for doing that, Amanda. I I'm sure it had like it wasn't like you're buying this to play with me, but the fact that you did that yeah, and it, I do know someone that's going to play and I'm, <laughs> she's very familiar with the game, so that'll be a a blast so i'm oh, hoping nice. to do that maybe Corey can uh make a character too i don't know how that works exactly if you can have multiple characters on like the One. same account or uh, if you have to log into like different nintendo accounts uh, mean, but regardless that could be pretty fun probably would just need a new switch yeah i think that might be the case uh, um, that actually reminds me Corey hit me up asking uh, about monster hunter world because he saw me playing it a bit for like the last like few weeks and he's nice. like how is it i'm like it's by far the best monster hunter world for new players because it's it just slims a lot of shit down and just makes the uh, I forget the term uh, not slice of life but like e convenience like gaming convenience of just like you don't have to manage all this shit anymore like we made it simple for you it's like a new fresh take and it's just so much nicer than some of the old ones that were very tedious but yeah like streamlined kind of streamlined kinda. yeah yeah so. I highly recommend it for new players like Corey. He might get into that. Totally. I could see that. I could also see them getting into Dauntless because I know both Corey and Amanda are into MMOs or have been in the past. Um, yeah. But Diablo 3, oh man, I feel like that's going to be a whole new game when I played multiplayer. So I'm really <laughs> looking forward to figuring that out and trying it out. You got to fight for gear. You have to argue over gear who gets what. Oh, God, I never had that problem yeah, before. <laughs> That'll be interesting. There's some games where it was like, you grab gear as soon as you find it, and it gets distributed at the end of like a quest or a mission. But I think right. Diablo's one where it's like, first come, first serve, and whoever gets it first gets it. And, you know, quickest if finger. you find it, and you're like, oh, this is for a shaman, I'm not a shaman, you can give it to your party member. But Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But that's the thing, the game does have like the ability to like hire people so they can... like travel with you so like there's a couple different people i've come across in the game that are like that that you can just 
have in your party and that kind of simulates the whole online play but it's not the same at all i'm wondering if you're able to even have them in your party if you are online but that'd be pretty cool um but yeah looking forward to playing some more of that i did get around to trying out uh what remains of edith finch Mm -hmm. uh that game's pretty interesting like i wasn't (laughs) sure what to expect like i knew you guys have told me in the past that it's like a walking simulator yeah uh it's just i I like, though, how it flows. Like, mm-hmm. it's very atmospheric and just, like, as you turn a corner or, like, come across something, like, text appears on the wall or, like, in the air and is, like, it's like, oh, you were supposed to do that. So it's very, it's linear, but also, like, a couple different paths you can take to get to where you're going. Uh, overall, enjoying it. It's very kind of just creepy. I don't know what to expect yet. It's it's reminding me very much of my experience with the game Gone Home, but at least with Gone Home, I was very much just like, this is so boring and I'm not having a good time. <laughs> this one at least has my interest and I'm going to hopefully get to the end of that soon. Mm-hmm. Games can be done. You, you could not be a fan of a traditional genre or something, but if it's done well, like um, there's a few games we've talked about before, but it's like, um, you know, I'm not a fan of this. Like I, I could see how other people are, but it's done well. And it kept you engaged because of that. So right. like it would have to be a great game to keep your attention for something you you don't really care for, like or like Monster Hunter the grind. I know people who just cannot tolerate the grind, but then some with Monster Hunter, seeing people get really into it, but versus like a traditional MMO like you know WoW or something or Final Fantasy fourteen, they just can't do it. But then vice versa, Monster Hunter has some pretty garbage like social uh, mechanics for the game, but like you really can't interact with other other players, and it's. You know, it's on par with, like, Dark Souls level of, like, interactions that are not great. Right. So, like, if you want that social element, if you want to be able to interact with people, Monster Hunter is not going to be that game. So, same with, like, Edith Finch. Like, if the design and the music and the setting, like, can carry you through it, you, you know, walking simulators might be boring to you, but, like, you can appreciate, you can find an element of something you like in it, and it'll pull you through the rest of it. Right. I'm just glad I haven't had it spoiled up to this point just yet because it's been out for however long and it does seem like a, a critically acclaimed kind of game. Yeah, it seems like when something popular comes out, there's an initial period of like, oh, be careful, everyone's talking about it. But then after like a month or two, especially with how much media we have now, something else is going to pull everyone's attention. So unless you go hunting for it, you're pretty safe from spoils. Yeah, so... That will be a cool one to finish. And it also, I don't know why, but it reminded me that I own Firewatch on Steam, but my computer wasn't able to play it or some bullshit. But now I have like a better laptop, and I think that laptop could do it. So maybe I'll get around to playing that one too, speaking of walking simulators. (laughs) That one's, uh, yeah, it's not like a visual novel, but it's like a 3D visual novel. Like, I don't think a lot happens in it. Okay, fair enough. That's what I mean. I, I'm very behind on experiencing that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I am still going strong with Rocket League. Uh, the summer, the Radical Summer event is pretty cool. I I find now that I'm just playing on casual, and it's like the biggest relief ever. I just like it's so nice just playing with people. Like if you fuck up, or it's just nobody cares. Except every now and then you'll get like the random asshole that's in there, like in the chat just being like oh i can't believe you met it's like we're playing on casual that's the whole point like if you want to be like a dick just go into competitive oh, like no one you mean cares yeah <laughs> <laughs> fair enough uh but yeah so oh overall just having a great time in rocket league i just can't believe however many years it's like 
basically the lifespan of this entire podcast. I've been enjoying this game and they continually update it and I still f- play it. It's just crazy. There's sure there's like gaps of months that go by where I just don't even think about it. But when I do get back into it, it's like, man, kudos to them for making a very entertaining game. Yeah. And, you know, a sports game where you just hop into a match and it, you know, it's kind of like why I play Overwatch. It's, you know, different every yes. time, but you know, all the mechanics and elements are going to be the same. So you can really like fine tune the skill and like try new things and really get practice with it. Yeah. One thing a uh, previous guest, Bruce Stevenson said about it was like the learning ceiling or whatever is like endless for Rocket League because you could just perpetually just get better and better. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's it just something to strive for. It's really like night and day when you just like play it yourself. You're like, oh, yeah, I can figure out what this is. Oh, this is kind of fun. And then you see there's the match of like the number one and number two ranked players playing against each other. It's like, holy God. Like, it's they insane. Are so different. I- the control they have in midair is like what separates them from anybody else. It's just unbelievable how they can like basically position their car upside down and just like flutter their rocket to just like maybe just tap it in the right angle, just like perfectly like avoid someone who's trying to block the goal. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's insane. It's ridiculous. Oh, and what was that else was I going to say? Oh, that's right. Uh, Overcooked. I'm very far in the campaign with uh, with the help of my fiance Lauren and a buddy of mine Alex. Uh, I think we are in like stage four area, but stuck. I think we need to unlock a few more stars to get the next level. But mm-hmm. God, they just perpetually get harder, and I feel like it's it's definitely making you work to like beat the campaign so that's going to be fun to eventually get back to that but i do need uh to play multiplayer for that one i can't imagine anyone doing that on their own i'm sure there's someone insane out there that has but god damn i think you, you were the first one to tell me like there was a single player version of it like i always assumed it was only multiplayer because i yeah i can't imagine doing that so well well that's the thing single player is like you control two people no. and it's like good luck <laughs> yeah it's that's insane um, but I think that'll do it for me and my video game update. Uh, let's see here. Is there anything in the news we want to talk about before we uh, maybe get to that? What's that sound? Let's see. I think the only thing I have game related. I got a few other things, but the only things game related are um, Professor Layton and the Diabolical Box, which is the only Professor Layton game I've played. Uh, is coming to mobile in HD. So a Diabolical Box. What's inside a dick? yes dog it's a penis that's what's in the box (laughs) oh i ruined the game fuck (laughs) um yeah it's a classic professor lane game puzzles and stuff and my god if you want to feel like dumb as shit play a professor lane game those are like sat level like some of those like iq test questions where it's just like god like i get it's supposed to be for like kids and teenagers but man i feel like an idiot playing that yeah but that's really cool that i can easily see that coming to phones especially with touchscreens now because that's it's pretty much all the mechanics of professor lance are it's very static puzzles there's not a lot of movement so i could easily see that just being like point and click on a, a touchscreen totally so and that also might yeah who knows maybe that'll lead way for other uh ds games on phones Maybe totally maybe supporting yeah. them over more than, you know, some of the smaller ones that wouldn't really justify a full switch purchase. Right. And then what else? Oh, uh, EA, you know, the liars. They're <laughs> doing it again. You know, Uh-oh. lying. 
So they promise after the whole Star Wars Battlefront scandal, hollow blue, uh, with the loot boxes, that single handedly started loot box re- uh, legislation in a lot of governments. Like that was the like single handedly the game that started it all, and that made governments sit up and start looking at this as gambling. There's pl- right. plenty of other games that had it before it. There's thousands, if not millions, of mobile games that had similar mechanics, but this was the one game that was just like. This is the line we're drawing. Like, this is too far. And EA said, all right, we're not doing loot boxes. Fine. You know, we'll, t- we'll take them out, you know, to just stop bitching about it. And now, all of a sudden, they're saying Battlefront's not going to have any more loot boxes, but it's going to have surprise mechanics that are, quote, quite ethical. So Quite. Quite ethical. We have to justify how ethical it is because it's so clearly not ethical. Right, yeah. So, they're just, like, when they say this game won't have loot boxes, it's still going to have loot boxes. We're just going to call them something else. Yeah, wait, so, yeah, that's bizarre to me. It's it's absolutely asinine, and it just proves don't give them money. Because yep. they're just going to keep doing it. Especially EA, who are probably shutting down Bioware at this moment. But then again, they've ruined Bioware, so it's probably for the best. So fair enough. Very disheartening, but it's also not surprising. On a brighter note, I guess it depends on who you ask. <laughs> uh, that's the thing. Uh, you you know who Tommy Wiseau is? Oh yeah, the guy. Yeah, the guy responsible for the movie The Room and all that other shit. Yeah, the vampire. Um, yes, he had a YouTube like video game like show for a little while called the Tommy Wee Show. Yes. And he would just play video games and talk about them. And, like, it was very stonerific. I probably brought it up on the podcast once or twice before. Because it is. It's goddamn goofy and really funny. Um, But anyway, he just posted something on Twitter or Facebook. I forget which. But it was something like, oh, you asked for season two of my Wii show. But something better is on its way. Dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, is it season three? Because we never got season two. (laughs) Just skipping season two. (laughs) <laughs> no, but no, seriously, it's just interesting. I'm wondering if that means he's doing something video game related again. So that'd be funny because he's just so out there. He, I think we've discussed it like that. He's an alien. I don't remember. I believe he's a vampire. That's my personal vampire. That's right. Yeah. He's a foreign guy. The funny accent. He's got a manservant. He's got a lot of unexplainable money. And he's just so out of touch with everything that I think he was in a coffin for a few hundred years. So, yeah, that's my theory. He's not of this earth, though, so I stick with he's an alien. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just as plausible, because he's so weird. But yeah, if you were a fan of his Wii show, just keep an eye out on what he's doing. Maybe he's doing something else with video games. Uh, <laughs> and then this is a game that I saw that I, I don't... We didn't bring it up on our E3 episode, so I definitely missed this one until afterwards. But it's a game called Maneater. Did you hear about this? No. All right, it's this shark game, and it's been compared to Grand Theft Auto, uh, and it's just it's just very bizarre. It looks like shark hunters versus sharks, and uh, I think yeah, they they say the three words that sum it up are eat, explore, and evolve. And yeah, I feel like for some reason I feel like this came up a long time ago, and it was just like in development. There's like screenshots or something. We're like, look at this shark game that looks insane. but I could be wrong. There's a game called I think depth where it's yeah scuba divers versus sharks 
Oh shit. Okay. I could yeah, be confusing that then. The, this is a newer one then. Yeah, this that's the thing. This does not have a release date, but it does look pretty ridiculous. I mean, it looks exactly like depth. Like I it seems like the same game. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering <laughs> like is there a need for this, but I I If it's also got GTA elements, I don't know. That's what, what I'm are you wondering. doing underwater like stealing cars. Yeah, as a shark get out and hijack a truck and <laughs> get a hooker shark hookers yeah like I, what makes this gta because otherwise it's just depth and that game's been yeah. out for a while like it's a cool game but like it already exists actually if you can have like machine guns and like bang a mermaid i'd really be interested <laughs> in checking out man eater uh, if that's what the game is yeah but we, we like that's not, not saying what it is so we don't know <laughs> No, it's no, it's basically like depth. You're you're 100 right. So I'm not sure what separates the two, but this is a newer one. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's you know I don't trust stuff from E E3 or EA, uh, but E3 it's just like Peter Molyneux and uh, Todd Howard, Tim Schafer, where it's just like you can do anything. It's so incredible. This game's gonna blow your fucking mind. And then Fable Three comes out and just like ew, why? Yeah, that was not a good game in my opinion. And this uh, Tim Schafer did the same thing, or Double Fine, with Brutal Legend, where they're just like, hey, we got this idea for a game. Halfway through, we're going to do it differently, and now it's an RTS. It's like, why? No one wanted this to be an RTS. Or if you did, do it from the beginning. Don't, like, half-ass two games and then just sell them together. That's both Fable Fable 3 and Brutal Legend. It's just like, what happened? Um, here's a show topic that's only for me and AJ, uh, or actually, and there might be other people out there. <laughs> Apparently this book series sold 90 million copies. So I'm like, okay, people like this. Yeah. Uh, the book series, the wheel of time is getting a TV adaptation, uh, and it's being done by Amazon. So there's going to be a legitimate budget. Mm. Uh, one of the things they announced recently was, uh, Rosamund Pike is going to star as Moraine, uh, one of the main characters, like very strong female lead. So that's going to be really interesting. She looks like the, the part as far as like the artwork that we've seen as fans, like on the cover of like the, of the eye of the world, for instance, uh, the, the first book in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't recommend these books enough. In fact, I just started trying to get back into them. I left off at like seven, I think there's 13 or 14 and they are all enormous. Uh, it's always brought up in the same conversation as like a song of ice and fire, which is game of Thrones. So, uh, that's the thing though. Game of Thrones, the book series wasn't, has not been completed. So there is like no ending. So the TV show started a little too soon before George R. 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 Martin. I think I gave too many R's there, Uh, (laughs) but he never finished the book. So they just were like, Oh, we're going to finish it how we want to, or maybe he had some creative influence there, but we're, Regardless, this is at least a finished work they can go off of. But I'm nervous because it, there's so much content that I would almost prefer that it's like a season per book. And that would quite literally be over a dozen seasons. And I feel like that's asking a lot. So it's going to be interesting interesting to see how they adapt it. But I just, I sure as fuck hope they don't like, just like, like one thing AJ was speculating was there's three main male characters in the series. He was like, they're just going to merge all three of those guys into one like super character. And I'm like, oh man, if they do that, I'm not even going to watch it. So, uh, 
but that was just speculation. I think it's going to be a good representation. Like I said, there's a budget. A lot of people are invested in this. Mm -hmm. It's going to be exciting. So keep your eyes and ears out for the wheel of time. I'm not sure if that's what they're going to call it, but they should. (laughs) I mean, that's what happened with Game of Thrones. Like any characters that were kind of like ancillary or just like, uh, you know, did a few of things and then would disappear forever. They would just condense them into pre-existing characters with a better uh, development. And yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if that happens because you know books can have endless characters. You can have a thousand characters in a book. It, there's no limit. But a show is like we have to cast, dress, design like every one of these characters. So yeah, you're gonna lose. You're definitely gonna lose some. But if you said there's three main characters, I doubt they would combine all three into one person. That if they do, that just seems like a shitty idea. Yeah, for but sure. I don't know anything about the series, so we'll see. It's great. It's great. Um. If Good Omens is any indication, that's the most recent like Amazon show that's doing really great with uh, Michael Sheen and uh, David Tennant, and they're like an angel and a devil trying to save the world. I think. Oh right, yep. Yeah, that's getting real popular. So much so that a bunch of like evangelical Christians tried to get it canceled for showing oh, like Christ Satanism <laughs> as like not that bad, like showing David Tennant as like a devil, like being not that bad of a character. I did hear this. But they wrote into Netflix trying to get it canceled. But it's on Amazon. (laughs) Wait, yeah, what? So they're dumb. Yeah. These are people that, you know, call every game system a Nintendo. So they think every streaming service is just Netflix because it's the most popular one. And Netflix responded saying, yeah, we'll definitely stop making this show. You got our (laughs) word on it. We will definitely (laughs) stop making Good Omens. So that's that's really funny. That's Just troll them. Yeah. Oh man, I'm cringing a bit. <laughs> but in line with uh, Netflix, uh, BoJack Horseman, a very popular show, probably one of the most popular uh, animated shows, uh, Netflix original shows. I binged it in like two weeks and had a very dark, depressing two weeks. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not. It's supposed to be funny, though, right? There's definitely funny moments in it, but it's more of just a very hard look at life. But it's like, we can, like, it's okay. It's all slapsticky because we're animals. Ha ha ha. I have a drinking problem and beat my children. It's like, oh, God. So it's yeah. like, there's plenty of shows that, like, touch on dark subject matter and, like, address, like, emotional maturity or development and stuff in characters. But that's, like, all BoJack Horseman is to the point of, like, I enjoyed it. But at a certain point, it's like, yeah, Bojack fucked up because that's what he does. Like he's always going to keep fucking up until he doesn't. So it's just right. like it's it's not surprising when he is self destructive and ruins his own life because I've seen five seasons of that. It's still very good though. It's still definitely a, a very interesting and challenging show that uh, I know a ton of people are like real into. It's very enjoyable. I I wouldn't have binge watched the whole thing if I didn't like it. Well. Except for, like, Hunter x Hunter. I watched, like, 30 episodes of that. I fucking can't stand <laughs> it anymore. Uh, d- unrelated. Uh, but I bring up OJ Horseman because the animators went on strike because they wanted proper health care and proper wages. And some, I don't know the specifics, but I know some animators don't get overtime, so I'm, they might not have been getting overtime. So they wanted to go on strike to get that. And they wanted to unionize. And that's... That's a bad word in Hollywood. That's a dangerous word. Or yeah. at this point, it's a dangerous word anywhere. Because I know people who've worked at Amazon who the second you say union, you're fired. And you can't do anything about it because it's at-will employment. Yeah, no, there's jobs I've had that were like that too. And they basically train you to be like, 
you can't accept any union offers or even have those conversations. It's like, Christ. There's a lot of like bad union, like anti-union propaganda that try and get people to like go against it. They're like, yeah, back in the 70s, they got bloated and corrupt because the mob ran them. Yeah, that's what happens when something gets overpo- too powerful too quickly. But um, yeah, so they went on strike to unionize. And it's uh, last season was like two years ago or maybe or a year ago. So like they're the next season should be up pretty soon. But uh, I think also Rick and Morty's animating animation team went on union uh, went on strike, and I believe both of them unionized, which is very impressive, especially for animators. So that's definitely a big win for the animation industry, and it's cool to see that they you know people are finally uniting together and you know not go not being forced into the crunch time like we've talked about with video game studios. And I know other studios, like, I know video game studios currently are trying to unionize as well. I think Riot Games and um, Blizzard laid off a bunch of people. I think some of those are trying to unionize too. So it's, there's definitely a turning point in the entertainment industry of different uh, fields. And people are sick of being forced to do stuff, forced to doing stuff unnecessarily difficult. Like if BoJack Horseman comes out this year, great. If it comes out next year, Great. If it comes out the year after that, great. Like, it doesn't really matter when it comes out, as long as it's done properly. But if you right. rush it, and you try and get it done fast, and do an artificial time limit, and do crunch time, it's going to be shitty, everyone's going to hate it, and then everyone's going to quit, or just be so bad you have to lay them off. I know that from a personal experience, maybe at my job right now, if you don't want to talk about that too much. Uh, but oh, no. <laughs> it's real bad and it's being addressed with video games industry more and more we talked about that with e3 and they talked about it at the conference and i'm glad to see it's finally making its way towards the animation industry because there's some people that absolutely take uh take advantage and abuse a lot of their employees in the animation industry and that's just how it's always been and it's big big studios that have a lot of power so it's tough to really get enough people to unite against them to take a stand and not put up with right. the bullshit. And I think with Netflix and all these other streaming services, that like I honestly believe it's a, we're in a golden age of animation right now because there's so many amazing animated shows. And with streaming services and direct cons- uh, customer consumer feedback, you can see an immediate real time reaction of like this is great. We want more of this versus other shows like Young Justice or something where the show was canceled because they weren't selling merchandise. But it's like, well, we didn't know about the merchandise. If we knew about it, we would have bought it. If it was good quality, we would have bought it. But now you can just see direct tweets of saying like, hey, this show's canceled. And hundreds of thousands of millions of people uh, rallying together saying like, no, bring it back. We want this show. Yeah. So I think it's really good for animation that you can see that direct response. And really good to see people like seeing the working conditions of the staff and saying like, no, that's not reasonable. They deserve like more vacation or health care or overtime or some basic employment. Uh, I don't want to say gifts, but basic employment like laws that so many other jobs and industries get guaranteed. But people don't realize it's not always a guarantee and uh, especially freelance and entertainment work. So it's really cool to see them uniting together like this. Totally, man. And uh, speaking of golden age of animation, uh, I saw another cartoon that's coming out for Cartoon Network. 
and it's being the main character is voiced by uh, Ashley Johnson, who's in critical role in Ellie and The Last of Us, and Last of Us Part Two. Oh yeah, so pseudo video game related, uh, but it's called Infinity Train, and the teaser for it, you had to go into the website and there was like a little piano, and you had to play the right tune, so it's like a little ARG like puzzle sort of thing before you could yeah. actually see the trailer for it. Uh, That's cool. And, yeah, it's really cool, and it's. Uh, an infinite train where every train car is this weird different world entirely and the trailer you see the girl uh, get onto the train and it's just a corgi kingdom it's just the entire kingdom run by a little corgi <laughs> and i'm instantly on board for this show uh but that's the one that looks really cool and uh uh amphibia Amph- amphibia is a disney show that i believe the first two episodes just went on their youtube not too long ago and uh that's really good owl house that's another really good one that's coming out. Like, there's just a ton of incredibly well-done anime shows coming out. I mean, they look well-done. They're not even out yet, but they like they seem amazing. So if you enjoyed cartoons, if you're hesitant, if you think all cartoons are shitty after the 90s and Hey Arnold and Cat Dog, I mean, first off, <laughs> so take a step back. Uh, yeah, wait. <laughs> but second, like, if you, if you haven't enjoyed cartoons since a prior time in your life and you wanted to get back and see, like, some of the quality... Now is a perfect time. There's so many amazing shows that are incredibly well written, incredibly well designed, incredibly well acted and directed. And it's, you know, it's not just these dumb, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a shitty one. Oh, man. I don't know. It's hard to think. Uh, Uncle Grandpa. That was in Cartoon Network. Yeah, there you go. That show was garbage. And I, yeah, that is just a bad show. But like, you know, Steven Universe is ending, Adventure Time ended and stuff, but there's all these new shows that are getting revitalized from the staff of that show. So, like, Gravity Falls ended, but I think three of the shows I just mentioned all have people from Gravity Falls uh, show running them. So, there's plenty. And fucking Amazing World of Gumball. If you haven't seen any clips of that, that show is hysterical and really fucked up for a kid's show. <laughs> There's a clip I posted in uh, one of our Slack channels of a sentient balloon showing kids the values of eating vegetables as he butt chugs a uh, eggplant. Oh, Christ. I saw that. <laughs> that was insane. And one of the other, he's talking while this eggplant is being sucked up through the bottom of the balloon. And another character points out, hey, if your mouth is up there, what did the eggplant say? Yeah. No kidding. It's just like, yeah, no, that eggplant went right up that balloon's butt. But it's a uh, kid's show, Amazing World of Gumball, which is just so fucking good. So, sorry, I know this is like a big derailment. I've just been rambling. But like, <laughs> Animation Man is in a fucking prime time right now. And I highly recommend getting back into any of these cartoons that might catch your interest. Just look up the styles. And if that piques your interest enough, give them a shot. Because they're so well done. Totally. Um, and kind of derailing off of that, speaking of not well done shows... Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelia, the notorious anime of just crazy, trippy, mindfucky big mechs. Uh, if you've probably seen it, even if you're not aware of it, it's incredibly popular. And there weren't a ton of VHSs or DVDs, so it became very hard to find pre-internet. Right. Oh, I saw it post-internet. Well, not post-internet, but like during the internet. And oh man, I've seen it in its entirety. It is probably one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Like top two, like with Fully Cooley, like it, it's always like changing. One of them is my favorite. I can't decide. Oh, yeah. Well, it's on Netflix now, but it's we've talked about it before. It's a new cast, so they redubbed it all with new uh, actors. Ooh, yeah. And 
normally I'm not, I don't get upset about it. There's definitely some people who take pride of like, no, this is the original. You can't. It's like, it's a different cast. If you don't like the, uh, the new cast, just go watch the original. Like, don't. I've seen like some of the actors getting death threats from fans saying like what? how dare you it's like it's just a fucking actor man they're just getting a paycheck like they don't they're not trying to disgrace the name of Evangelion or something like some people are really overreacting because of how close like how much people love it and how close it hits them for like some of their childhood nostalgia and it's just like Jesus Christ people are overreacting so much but one thing I will say is there have been scenes depicting the subtitles showing that the new Netflix dub has changed some of the dialogue. Some of the text in the show is different. Oh, and why? I don't know. No one's really sure why. Uh, some Apparently some of the translators said they think being more vague and open to interpretation makes it a more interesting story. But like, it's not like, oh yeah, I'm going out with some friends. It's like, where? It's like, oh, I'll never tell. Haha, <laughs> wink. It's like very clear cut dialogue and like elements of the story that are now much more murky and vague. And it's like, why did you change this? Uh, I haven't watched it, but I've seen the comparison. And apparently it's like one of the ending episodes. That's a very big moment in a character's development. And they changed it. So now it's kind of like ambiguous and not nearly as good. And it's just like, okay, that I can have a problem with. Like that I understand people being upset about. Not the new cast, but the fact that they're actually changing the story somewhat with the new translations. So, if you want to rewatch it easily, Netflix, maybe see if you can notice any differences. Maybe you like the new voice actors more. Uh, right. Maybe try and find the original if it doesn't hit as hard. Because it, it does definitely seem to be like they're taking liberties with it. So, eh, we'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I know they did make the movies. Uh, I'm not sure if they're done with them. It's like been like a million years it, it took, but uh, I, they like broke it into like three or four different parts to like kind of do the whole TV series in like a couple movies. I guess both take a long time if you're interested in experiencing the whole thing. It takes a while. It certainly takes a while, but this is definitely like I don't. It, it Neon Genesis is its own thing, and like yeah, I think the fourth one still being worked on quote that's where yeah i think so too right so it's 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 its own beast by a large margin so it's kind of like i'm tempted to get into it but because i've heard so much amazing things about it i don't think it'll ever live up to the hype so oh dude you gotta i i can't recommend it enough it's it's really worth it but you do have to be into mech stuff but even even if you're not a mech person i think you'll be like impacted by the emotional stuff that happens in the characters it's just very interesting to say the least and the end is just absolutely insane the guy actually went crazy (laughs) well like that's the thing i'm sure it's like well written or at least engaging and it will keep my interest despite me not being the biggest mech fan but because it's older i think a ton of the stuff's been spoiled for me or it just i think it'll be like it'll be like final fantasy 7 it'd be like yeah this is good but like I'm not blown away like people were when they were twelve and saw it. So I don't know. I'm, right. I'm hesitant to watch it because of that. Because I think hype is the quickest way overhype is the quickest way to kill a form of media, a game or a show or a movie or something. So Yeah. Sometimes the hype is deserved and this is one of those rare instances. I think you're still gonna be so. blown away. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. see. Um but let's maybe play a quick what's that sound before we wrap this episode. Let's play what's that sound? 
right. I said that twice. Um, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's play. Um, let's see. Are, are you in the box here? Yeah. All right. Cool. Brent and I are both inside of a box, about <laughs> to listen to some sound effects. That's what a podcast games. is. Yeah. Uh, let's see what you guys make of sound number one now. Pretty short and simple and sweet. Uh, any ideas? Fuck. I've definitely heard it. On the retro side of things. Yeah, it's gonna drive me nuts, because I feel like I've definitely heard it, but maybe not played it. I might have seen, like, a video of it. Right, and that's the thing. I was gonna preface this with, like, oh, this is a throwaway, what's that sound? But I think there's some challenge in here. We'll see, but I I have a feeling you're still gonna walk away with a win, but this is probably the most challenging of the three. Uh, it, It sounds like fantasy like a castle in medieval time sort of thing but yeah it definitely sounds like 8 or 16 bit era like it sounds old oh boy uh ghosts and goblins nope but a good guess and everything you said was pretty accurate like that, nothing i could be like nope yeah you're you're going in the wrong direction but you're not like it, one of the old school final fantasies no, but you're close. You got one more guess on this one. It's like you're you're in the right realm of like era and game style. <sighs> Should I've had Brittany on? They're much better at these older games than me. Uh... Here, let's listen to it one more time for the listener because they're probably shouting at their computers <laughs> or like phones. God, I don't know how you guys listen to this. Show. <laughs> Our show is garbage. <laughs> God, it's and that's the thing. It's you're gonna kick yourself if you don't get it. It's on like think broad scale. Like um, if I was even playing, what's that sound with like a celebrity? I'd, I'm trying to make this on the easier. <laughs> it's I, I'm aware you don't make them atten- like intentionally difficult. It's just my brain is like uh, so scattershot of like I can name you every cast member actor and guest star on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what happened last week in the news. Like I know it's what you very mean. Uh, my brain has only certain memory allocated for stuff and then like yeah, a lot of it gets lost. Got a lot of Scooby Doo references up there. I haven't done algebra in 5 years. Like it's real hit or miss. Exactly. Oh god. I'm trying to like I can't think of a popular old school fantasy game, at least not of this era that I'm suspecting of. <sighs> it might not be as old as you're thinking, but like on the older side for sure. <sighs> Fuck, I'm just gonna go a golden axe. No, but that is a totally reasonable guess. I can understand that. This is a sound effect from. The Legend of Zelda linked a link to the past, and that's the thing. It's like I think it was like for if you get health or some kind of power up or something. So I feel like it's on the more recognizable kind of sound effect. I thought I'd quiz you on that. That was a tough one, Uh, but you do have a chance. Two episodes talking about Zelda. Why the fuck didn't I think of Zelda? All right, so that's the thing here. <laughs> Let's see. I still have faith that you're going to walk away with a win here, but there's two more sounds. You got to get them both. Let's listen to sound number two now. Oh, 
one is much easier, especially for me. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's what I mean. I was hoping this one wouldn't be too tough. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you're pretty confident. What do you think that was? That's Crypto the Necrodancer. I'm going to say the second level. I'm going to say maybe fighting a Minotaur. Oh, shit. You get that. Maybe I got the wrong sound effect, because that's not what it's supposed to be. What? <laughs> you're, you're, you're definitely thinking oh, along the right lines. Yes, okay. that's what it's from. Okay, that's where, at least what I got the sound clip from, and I'm wondering, is there is music it? crossover? Mm-mm, I don't know about that. I might have just got a wrong sound clip then. Yeah, because Cadence of Hyrule has Necrodancer like, type music like in the same kind of structure and beats, but it's definitely yep. Zelda music put in through a Necrodancer like kind of filter, if you will. That see, that I music, think I fucked right up. That music is definitely <laughs> Crypto the Necrodancer. Like that's okay because it's got that it's got a heavier, like crunchier beat to it. So yeah, don't let me tell you you're <laughs> wrong on that because I have no don't idea what I'm talking about. Correct me on this. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Weirdly, Necrodancer is one of the fewer uh, or one of the roguelikes I have fewer hours in, but it's just so memorable. Right, so yeah, you definitely get points on that one. All right, so there's one more here, and I think let's. You're definitely going to get this. That's the problem with this game. We've played so many times. I think we already did this sound effect, <laughs> but let's just play it anyway. Crash team racing. Uh, uh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> let's listen to sound number three now. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely done that sound effect before. That's uh, Damn it. Breath of the I Wild. So. <laughs> it is. And that's the thing. I was going for a whole Zelda theme, yeah. so it's like, oh, Link to the Past, Cadence of Hyrule, but even though that was actually Crypt of the Necrodancer, and then uh, Breath of the Wild. But hey, you did walk away with win, so that was kind of a throwaway. Hell but yeah. <laughs> But that's how we play What's That Sound? Alright, we're going to wrap this episode up with some plugs. Uh, you have an anime podcast. Let's tell our listeners about that and where they can hear it. Yeah, if you were enthralled by our discussion about Neon Genesis, which I'm sure everyone was, because it's so riveting to hear us talk about stuff. Um, yeah, I got an anime podcast called Are Weeb There Yet? W-E-E-B. It's uh, me and my other anime obsessive friends try to convert our non-anime watching friend into watching anime and becoming a weeb and i believe as this episode is going out it also releases on monday like most good podcasts do um i believe our latest episode is assassination classroom which was actually pretty good like it's popular and i was surprised uh we were as interested as we were but Nice. It's also weird seeing a show about kids in a classroom holding up a lot of guns while being an American. <laughs> ooh. Yeah, uh, ooh. <laughs> Touchy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for the invite to do the Evangelion episode. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, that one, but no. That one's going to uh, be interesting. <laughs> We're going to have to plan for that one. Yeah, that's you're gonna have to hold out for that because that'll be one you guys have a Patreon. And hold <laughs> that'll on be the bonus that. that we gotta pay for. <laughs> There we go. Um, but listeners, if you like our show, uh, give us a like, follow, subscribe. ABT Silence is our handle. Uh, I have been Twitch streaming every now and then. Uh, probably just Rocket League on casual if you want to see me d- maybe do good. It it's all depends on the day. Uh, but 
thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm trying to think, oh, if you want to check out my record label, it's missedoutrecords.com. Lots of records and uh, cassette tapes if you want to check out various emo and screamo and math rock that's coming out in these days. Uh, But that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. See you.